Hello, hello. It's Brent Rosen with Chest Hair Friday. Wanted to say hello to everybody before we get started with today's podcast. Remind y'all that we do have our first zine available for sale on the website, www.chesthairfriday.com. We are also on Instagram, at Chest Hair Friday. Check our social media often. We're about to start doing some live events. We may be coming to your town. Keep up with us there on Instagram and on our website, and we'll see you soon. Now, let's get back to our regularly scheduled Chest Hair Friday programming. Good afternoon and welcome to Chest Hair Friday. It is a Wednesday. I am sitting with Rashari Brown. Yes. And uh, a friend of Chest Hair Friday, a wonderful New Orleans-based photographer, and an all-around interesting person. Welcome this afternoon. How are you doing? Thank you. How are you guys? Appreciate you braving the tropical storm. I think by the time anyone's listening to this, (laughs) we are all going to be hiding in our houses. Yes, it's like pouring rain right now, but it's totally fine. So for our listeners from, I guess, Texas to Florida, you have... uh, you have this to keep you company. Yes, absolutely. How long have you been a professional photographer? Um, I started in 2013, so so about like four years I've been like doing it and still currently doing it as well. So I started in like October 2013. That was like my first shoot I like ever done. And um, I had, who is it? Who is it for? It was just for me. Like I literally was like just starting, and I had like Polaroids and stuff. So that was pretty much what I was using at the time. And um, so that's pretty much when I had started doing it. What'd you shoot? I literally just shot. I just hit this girl up who um, a mutual friend we know, and she was just down. We just went to like Canal Place where like everyone at the time was like taking photos and stuff like our age. So. Just with some Polaroids and stuff like that, got them developed, put them on Tumblr, and like that's kind of like when I first first started, and like I just started just doing other shoots and just just trying to like do something and just make it look as good as it possibly can. While, yeah. While also growing with different like cameras and stuff like that. And that helped you get noticed by people that would later hire you. Um, I feel like it definitely helped. Like. I feel like I was doing it for such a long time, and then, like, this year, I feel like I finally am in a place where, like, I'm getting to where I want to get to, and, like, more people are becoming, like, familiar with my work and my name and stuff like that, so I feel like 2017 has been pretty pretty good, though. And what kind of work have you been doing for the last few months? In the beginning of this year, I started working with Union Street Shop. It's an amazing thrift store in down, actually not even downtown New Orleans, the CBD um, on Union Street. And I've been doing their pretty much all of their photo shoots for them, for their brand and um, for their social media and stuff like that. I've so. never been there before. What is it like? It's it's awesome. It's like you can, it's really for like younger, like people like my age or like like just the kids who like love like supreme and stuff like that like you can just like trade your stuff in either get money or like store credit and um literally just all the awesome clothes that float around in the culture you can just pretty much find there like just for cheap like it's just it's dope (laughs) well that's very cool and you also so i saw that you had recently been doing some photos with free water yes (laughs) so what is free water 
Free water, I feel like they can always explain it way better than like anyone, but like free water is pretty much um, Frankie and Marty. They're two awesome guys down here in New Orleans. They originally wanted to just throw like a random party for like Mardi Gras like a year ago, like 2016. And that's just, that was just their main goal with free water, just to like throw a party and stuff like that. But mainly they just pretty much curate the content for the culture down here. Like, any event, like whether it's Buku Fest or like a future concert or something like that, they're there in the moment, in the scene, capturing it, putting it all together, throwing it on the internet. And that's pretty much the the content in the culture of New Orleans and that and it's grown and they're like they're doing amazing. So Yeah, so they do video They do like video production, photo shoots, they have their own merchandise that's also sold at Union Street as well. And um, they're just, they've only been, like, really doing this for, like, a little over a year. And they've, like, done amazing, amazing things. So they're, like, they're awesome and inspiring as well. Yeah, and it must be fun to work with people like that. Yeah, it's like, it's like me, Cody, Wayne. Wayne and Cody are, like, the owners of Union Street Shop. And then Marty and Frankie with Freewater. So we're pretty much all under one creative umbrella, just working and doing awesome things together so yeah well if they've got clothes and you've got a camera and <laughs> they've got ideas or you're all and the, you know, that's one thing that you know I, I it's sort of like a chest hair friday-ish thing where you sort of have your crew and when someone's doing something well why don't we all do something exactly and it helps you you know it's like bringing people up and and doing all that and you know is is, is there a big community in new orleans that's sort of doing that sort of thing you know at 23, 24, 25, where I do this and you do that. And, and how's that all kind of working? Um, well, for the people, like what you just asked, like, are there people in New Orleans who are doing that? D- definitely, yes. I feel like I'm one of them, along with like Free Water and like other creative people that I know and stuff like that. I just feel like New Orleans, um, they have a tendency to let like other people define their culture versus the people that's already there so I feel like it's easy for like someone from out of town to be like I want to like take this from New Orleans and then bring it back to where I'm from or like I want to go throw a Mardi Gras party in like California or something like that and like people here I feel like they could appreciate it more and that's why I feel like people like me or like free water and stuff like that we're just trying to like create like beautiful content like this is like there are creatives in New Orleans like this is what's going on like just trying to shine a better light on the city and for everyone here and the youth too. Cause yeah, I mean, it, when you said the that New Orleans sometimes people from here don't realize how cool here is sometimes. Definitely. And the people come from out of town and it's like everybody from everyone who isn't from New Orleans' his favorite <laughs> city is New Orleans. Exactly. And then people from New Orleans sometimes have a tougher time kind of getting behind that. It's just home. And like I understand that, but at the same time it's like I'm always like re inspired. Like being in like the the bywater like uptown is just like all of those like beautiful houses and then the colors is just like those are always like inspiring to me in I don't know, I just see things a bit differently than most people, so... Yeah, talking about creativity, too. I mean, I I tell people all the time, like, I I moved to here from Alabama, and I I can walk out my front door in the Maroney and see anything. Exactly. Chickens running around, drunk stumbling home, a bachelorette party, uh, a homeless guy talking to himself. Literally, a parade could be going on in front of your house. Yeah, a parade could go by (laughs) while we're talking right now. And the horse-drawn carriages that work Decatur Street, their stable 
is just around the corner from here. So every night at 10 p.m., I have the parade of carriages that go by at 10, 1030. And it, it inspires me very much because you don't get into a rut of like walking out of the house in the subdivision that's the same as everybody's, getting into the car that's the same as everybody's, commuting to work at some faceless office building. That's just not a very New Orleans thing to do. It's New Orleans isn't like traditional. I would say like I mean they are, but like they're really not like <laughs> Yeah, there are pockets that are and then there's but there's plenty of it's like every day is a little different. It is. It's a party at all times. So you mentioned earlier that one of the first places you shared your work was Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Are you still using Tumblr a lot, or have you gone all Instagram? <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have gone all Instagram. <laughs> I love that you're laughing. That's a legitimate question. No, Go, like sad Tumblr. I know it's like it, no. The reason why I'm laughing because it's the truth. Like I really barely even use Tumblr anymore, but like it definitely. That's where I really started like posting my stuff and like. When Instagram came along, it was just like this particular photo sharing app. So it was like, this is like perfect for me. Which Tumblr's like that too. Yeah. It was like words and quotes. And, well, and, and I, when Yahoo <laughs> bought Tumblr, somebody said they just spent $600 million on free internet porn, <laughs> which is pretty true. I mean, that was, Tumblr to me was always a place where like, if you started going down rabbit holes, <laughs> was, you you could see things you didn't even know you wanted to see. I was going to mention the porn, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> This, uh, is, this is not a family <laughs> podcast. We're you're bound. You're just bound you can't, to see you it. You can't help it. Tumblr is nothing but like poorly organized free pornography. It was always like and a, occasional photographer pages. Definitely, it was always like a funny thing on like Tumblr where like it was like a thing where like you didn't want people like sc- like looking behind you while you're scrolling because you just never, you never know, know what you're gonna get. That's pretty much Tumblr. Like I still love it. It's still like. It's so democratic, for lack of a better term. Like, there, there is no hierarchy on Tumblr. I feel like with Instagram, like, there's influencers. And on Tumblr, it was just sort of, I don't know, it's more Everyone has form. a chance. And, like, yeah. No one's bigger than anybody. And, like, even though, like, Tumblr has, like, follower accounts and stuff like that, but people don't pay that much attention to, like, the numbers, like, on Tumblr versus, like, Instagram. Like, yeah, Instagram is all numbers-based. Like, Tumblr I need 100,000 followers and shit. Or I'm not, yeah, I'm not a success unless I have X. Tumblr, it's like, it was much more about just sharing, and I don't know, was, I, I ask you about it because I kind of want to, like, throw back and do more with Tumblr. Yes. But then it it just doesn't make a ton of sense. I don't, do people that are young use Tumblr much, or is it pretty well... Though I feel like... Um, people are, are like more on Instagram and stuff like that. It's still the same classic like foundation of like the pho- the photography, the quotes, the porn, and all that. Like, <laughs> like you're, it's still it's Tumblr. <laughs> it's still Tumblr. <laughs> it's still Tumblr. People still use it. I still have my page, um, rashari.tumblr.com. So, um, I haven't used it much, but I still feel like Tumblr still still holding da- holding it down for the for the real creatives. I think. Uh... I think poor Tumblr, now that Yahoo just got sold to somebody else, that may, that may be the end of the day for Tumblr. That guy shouldn't have I'll tell you sold what, it. I bet you you and I could probably buy Tumblr for basically nothing. <laughs> I, I don't think, who bought Yahoo? I don't even remember anymore. I'm not even sure. Somebody did. It's crazy. Just I, even hearing like Amazon is buying Whole Foods, like that's weird. Yeah, I have, there's two, two things about that. One, FedEx right now oftentimes asks me to pick up my packages at Hank's Meat Market on St. Claude. <laughs> It's like an official pickup location. So if they come to my house and I'm not here, which is never, and I don't have anywhere to leave a package, you know, it's just all stoop. Mm -hmm. I go there to pick it up. I think Amazon wants to make Whole Foods into 
Amazon pickup points. Wow. But then while you're there, why don't you buy some groceries? And it's all going to the same place. And it's all going to the same place. Or they're going to get more into high-end grocery delivery and use the Whole Foods as the warehouses for that. It's it's got to be one of the two because they're not they're not interested in the grocery business. I know just... any more than you or me are interested in selling tomatoes to well off people. Exactly. I think it's much more about the logistics in some way, and, and time will tell on that one. Yeah. It's such a like from a consumer standpoint is always like why why is like Amazon buying like um, Whole Foods or like why is Yahoo buying Tumblr? Like from a business perspective, I understand like it's really smart. But, like, as a consumer, just, like, what are you really, like, trying to do? Like, how are you about to, like, make it better than it already is? Like, Tumblr's just been around for yeah. years. It's, like, they already have their own reputation. Like, right. how we were laughing about it earlier. Right. Like, like it's all porn. Like, <laughs> we both know that. You just know. So, just, like, what can you really do for Tumblr? Yeah. Well, and I think the... Some people can find value in things that we don't even understand. I'm sure there was something Someday. that they saw. But... There's this book. We'll do a book plug. It's called The Deep Economy. It's by a guy named Thomas McKibben. And he's this kind of tweety, uh, professorial dude mm-hmm. who writes about climate change mostly. But this book is all about how efficiency and economic gain has become the most important thing, especially in America. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes isn't it nice to just have like a deep connection with your actual community? Exactly. And would you, what would you rather have? Like everything is convenient and cheap as possible or to know the guy that you buy your meat from. And you know, that's the question that I think Amazon can't answer well, because if they're going to, if they're going to start delivering, you know, meat from whole foods, it's like, that's just another connection (laughs) to the actual world that you've lost because you don't have to leave the house to get it. The real issue for me with this, with all these mergers is like, it may be cheaper, but does that make it better? I always and, love the source, so I would love to just know where my meat's coming from. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and I go to a uh, friend of Chest Hair Friday, Shank Charcuterie on St. Claude. That's what's my example. They're, mm-hmm. right, they're right by Hank's, so if I need my FedEx, <laughs> I can get meat too. But they, uh, they do unbelievable locally sourced. They'll get an animal in, they'll butcher it, they sell some of it on their lunch counter, and the rest goes into the meat counter you to sell to me when I take it home. And every time I walk over there or ride my bike over there or drive over there, I end up bumping into somebody in the neighborhood. I end up having some conversations. I get the gossip. And like, I don't know. I feel like that's like, you don't live anywhere if you get your groceries mailed to you from Amazon, from Whole Foods. That's you just, know what I mean? It's just a untraditional way of getting food from your family in a way. Yeah. But like, <laughs> It's so divorced from any connection to where you are. It's like when I get, you know, if, if Amazon wants to send me toilet paper every two weeks so I don't have to think about it, like automate it. That's fine. You know, and like uh, air conditioning filters. That's a hassle. Exactly. I don't like air conditioning filters. So if someone wants to mail me one of those once a month so I remember to change it, terrific. But I feel like once you get a little bit further down the road than that, it's like, I go to Mary's Ace Hardware because I like to visit with the people and find out what's going on. Exactly. And you're seeing the quality directly. And you're seeing, you're yeah, like... and you're getting to meet people. And that's that's what this book was really about is that, not to sort of circle back around, but just the human connection is so important. And it's something that is really valuable. It's, I think it's why we're so heavy on print and aren't really doing a ton of digital is that it doesn't really... You can't, it's hard to connect with things that are digital now. Everything is. Like you said, you can see CNN from your phone while you're in the, waiting in the car at a traffic light. It's like, I'm not, you're not, that's not going to be impactful. 
you may know what happened. <laughs> but it's just it's just different from like yeah. I guess watching it on on the actual television mm-hmm. or like or if just, you just so happen to be there. Yeah, or if you happen to be <laughs> Snapchatting there. Snapchatting when news <laughs> happens. I saw a fire earlier today, uh, <laughs> which I did not snap. And so you grew up in New Orleans. Yes, so born, and, born and raised. Born and yeah. raised. Where are you from in New Orleans? I'm from the Fifth Ward area, which is like Bayou St. John, City Park. Literally like one block. I could just walk to the Bayou from my house. Like, oh, that's from awesome. From my neighborhood. So it was like, it was really a great place to like grow up in. It was kind of like a suburban type neighborhood, but like, it's like, it wasn't like suburban It just felt like really like chill, awesome, like and quiet. But at the same time, it's like the hood's like one block away as well so it's just it was a good balance i guess it's kind of everywhere in new orleans <laughs> pretty much it like it, it, before we'll we'll get to katrina but before that it was very much <laughs> like that where in any one place it could be two blocks in any one direction exactly. you know you could be in totally different cities almost but that is kind of what makes it fun because you're always it makes you pay attention you're always sort of seeing what's going on and, and what's around mm-hmm. so you left new orleans during katrina and where did you go I went to San Antonio, Texas first. Um, my family and I were like staying in like on like a military base, like shelter and stuff like that. I forgot literally how long we were there, but like we ended up like getting on our feet and stuff, and then moved to Dallas for literally like a week. I went to school there for, for a week, <laughs> and then after Dallas, we just stayed in Houston for like a year and a half, almost two years. And um, I went to middle school there, then moved to Baton Rouge, finished my whole high school, and then once I was done, came back to New Orleans in like 2011. So wow, a lot of a lot of cities. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of Texas. You, a lot of Texas. I'm just say yeah, you have some probably firm opinions on Texas at this point. I'll never move back, but like Texas was it was cool. You know, Houston is Houston gets a bad rap. I think people always in New Orleans talk bad about Houston. I guess because it feels like they're taking our money. It's like everything goes to Houston after it leaves here. <laughs> but Houston is not so bad. Yeah, Houston was like my favorite city um, while I was going through all of that. So It's Houston. it's crazy how... Like, I don't know if you noticed the just overwhelming diversity of Houston now. Oh my God. It's really like the most international city in the South. And people just kind of sleep on it. It's like, oh, that's like where all the oil men and the boots are. And it's it's like, literally no. every race, every culture, literally just everybody living in even texas in general like it's just always like that but like houston literally like you you can just drive up like blue bonnet and like you'll see like the korean like strip malls like they just have their own culture within the city like it's it's dope it's cool um when you take photos you're saying that you do a lot on your own but you also do you know some kind of corporate work when you're just doing your own photography what do you what is your favorite kind of subject Women. Women. Like, girls are, like, the most inspiring to me. Like, because, I mean, I'm a female myself, and I just feel like I know how to, like, make, like, a like a female just look, like, her best in a way. And just, like, just put this idea around her, like, this location around her, and just amplify like the presence of a of a woman because i just like <laughs> i just i just love photographing girls i just feel like it's just super easier and beautiful and what in particular do you try to do to sort of bring out the best in people when you're photographing them um like it just depends on the location and i mean the location and also like the idea like i remember i went to california last year last july 
And um, I hit up a girl in Los Angeles, and we literally rode for five hours to go to the desert just to go do a shoot. That's literally my first time meeting her and everything, and she was, like, down. And so we, like, went to a place called Salvation Mountain. It's, like, a big, colorful, like, mountain. It has, like, Jesus and God written all over it. And, like, it's just things like that. It's just, like, I always just try to, like, make things the best that they can be. And also, like, I always feel like if I'm not... Like, if, if I'm not doing it, then it's not going to get done, in a way. Like, that's how I like to look at a lot of things. Like, yeah, I need to do it. <laughs> well, and it sounds like, I mean, that in particular, that's, it sounds like a very striking sort of scene. Yeah. And is it, when you're taking photos in a place like that, where you're kind of on location, and it's very dramatic, and you've driven five hours, is it hard to stay in the moment? Or is it easy to stay in the moment? Or, like, do you, every once in a while, like... Do you almost see yourself doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like almost like out of body, like I'm doing this thing and this is really cool. Or in, are you in the moment I don't because I just be like so in tune. But I feel like it's easier because it's like I've seen I like I saw that location probably like a year in advance before. So I was just more excited just to see it. And then I have like a beautiful model plus something to work with. So I feel like it was just easy on both on both sides to just make it happen. You do a lot of photography, but you're also interested in the design side. Yes. And so do you do a lot of your own kind of art direction and that kind of thing? I do my own art direction. Like every shoot is literally just me like up and down. Like I do the search for the model. Like I search, I will search hard for anything. Like I'll search for the model, the location, like every aspect I need to make the shoot. Like the stylist, the makeup artist, the hair, the hair person, like... I'll just look for everyone who I feel like could just make this situation the best it could possibly. Sure. So when you look for a, so I guess maybe let's let's pretend that I'm mystery client and I have like a menswear brand. Or, I'm sorry, because it's women's wear brand. We'll say <laughs> because I know you prefer to do females. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, I have this line of, give me an example, because I'm not good at ladies' clothes dresses um, of like blouses. <laughs> blouses or something like Game, that. Blouses. Slip dresses or Slip something. Slip dresses. <laughs> and I say to you, I need these to, you know, I need some photography for a catalog, website, whatever. And so how do you go from me saying, here's what I want to sort of getting there? What, what's your process? Um, I use the, the internet is like my number one source, like for everyone, but, um, I'll just like take every, all the information you've given me and then try to find a place that can complement it or just boost it. Um, find girls that are kind of like, that are a good representation of your brand. Someone that's not too like, I guess, flashy or like whatever. Just trying to find like perfect people to just make everything come together perfectly. So I'll just like, just do a lot of research send off like some references and stuff and um when you say you just go from there yeah when you say like so do you work with a number of are they are the models you use typically professional no or are they people who just like kind of get your style and your feel I, i feel like a lot of models i've worked with aren't really models in real life like they just photograph really well and um some are models but for the most part i feel like um it just may be like a beautiful girl who can just make it make it happen and she may not even be a real model and some girls are like I've never modeled or like this isn't even what I really want to do but like they're doing it really well so just like you should be doing it <laughs> yeah like maybe you should be a model 
that it's almost like in a way people are are able to be professional amateurs in a lot of things now mm-hmm. and it's it's funny because we're all kind of photographers in a sense we're all in writing we're all in public relations really definitely i mean it's almost like become internalized and so the idea of the like non-professional professional <laughs> model is very i think current Yes, it's so normal these days. Like people are always taking Instagram photos and like look at my you know check out my look kind of stuff and exactly. you sort of ev- everyone knows to tilt your chin down a little you know to make your look slimmer and <laughs> you know don't like close your arms against your body because exactly. you can't see the space behind it and it makes you look boxy. Right. Like we we've all sort of learned things that I think only models knew for a long time. Definitely, Rashari, it has been wonderful to. Uh, to have you on. It's great chatting with you. It's been fun getting to know you and I, I really enjoy your work. If uh, you aren't following her, what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is my name, Rashari, um, R-A-S-H-A-R-I-E. And that's my um, Tumblr name as well. <laughs> if, you're if you want to go on there. Yeah. If you need an excuse to go on Tumblr, <laughs> check out her page first, then take whatever then deep dive. Yeah. Scrolling. Just keep scrolling. Through. Just go you down the infinite scroll. And of course my, <laughs> and of course my website is rashari.com. So you can see all of my shoots there. I just did a shoot actually yesterday. I can't wait to, to post it on there. Oh, is this one you can post? You don't have to hold yeah, these? I'm going to, I'm going to post it. Yeah. Every, it? It was um, the the girl I shot with. She works at Rock and Saki, and so she just like asked her manager, could um, we use like a booth there? It's like red with like these lights or whatever. I'll show you a picture. But um, we went there, and then we went to a location like thirty minutes away, like this big white castle, like off the side of the road. Yeah, sure. you see it on uh, when you're crossing, like going towards or after Slidell. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. What is it? It's called the White Castle. I it's think. called the White Castle or whatever. And we went. There. I've never been in there. I've never been in. I've never been inside, but we were actually shooting outside of there. And like, I guess the owners from who own the building or whatever, they came from across the street. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this says no trespassing. Like, you guys need to leave. Punk kids. I'm really thinking they're about to like call the cops on us or whatever. And um, they were like so rude and shit. And um, I'm just like, well, I'm sorry. Like. Whatever, but I got what I needed, so I'll yeah. probably never go back there ever again. But I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> that sucks because yeah. these people own this really cool thing that everybody wants to see, and it's like if you own a really cool thing, everybody wants to see. And it's public information. Like there's it's an address. Outside. Y'all yeah. were on the news talking about yeah. it. Yeah, like I'm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a new shoot. Photos from that coming soon. Yes. From your uh, unauthorized photo shoot at the White Castle. Yes. <laughs> and then. Uh, You'll have your show. My show, I'm really aiming for like August or September. Oh, that's soon. Yeah. You were talking about like a while from now, and I was thinking like <laughs> maybe the early 2018. <laughs> you meant like yeah, six definitely, weeks. I would definitely want to do it this this year. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Well, then we'll, we'll make sure to be there, and we'll let people know when that happens. Awesome. And are you doing any traveling, getting out of town at all? I'm going out of town and like... Two weeks, I'm going to Austin for my birthday. Nice. Um, and then from there, me and my friends are taking a road trip to go to New Mexico, to go to White Sands, freaking gorgeous, like desert. I know nothing about sand that, tell dunes. me more. Um, it's, it's gorgeous, like I'll show you a picture too. Cool, like, like a photo trip? You want to take some... Yeah, and just chill out in the desert. And... Nice. Well, and you'll get to reconnect with Texas. Definitely. <laughs> 
You've, been, you've lived in so many places there. You've got you to really check in with everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> Not really, though. <laughs> Sorry, Texas. So I had to tell you, we were high on Houston and not all that excited about the rest of Texas on this show today. But I feel like I'll like, like I've been to Austin once, but I feel like I'll like Austin more than any other city. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that when you get back. Yeah. And uh, I got a podcast with a friend of mine named Taylor Tehan that's been one of the ones we've done. And he's a great Austin tour guide. I'll give you his number. He may be in New York when you're there. Awesome. But if he's in town, He'll he'll show you where the good stuff is. I told Sarah I was coming too. So oh, good. Yeah, she's a Sarah Trap, another another friend of Chester Friday. Awesome last name. <laughs> Great last name. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, yeah she doesn't take full advantage of that. <laughs> we, Trap Queen production <laughs> needs to be a thing. And she really should just. just I mean, go it's, for she, it. it's prime time right now, so uh, no. she should just. Like, I mean, if I, if I had money <laughs> and someone came to me and all it said was Trap Queen Productions Limited, I'd be like just take it, <laughs> whatever you need. I, I don't even care. What I'll, do you do again? <laughs> And make stuff for Tumblr. Awesome. Exactly. Well, thank you again for coming. This has been a pleasure. And uh, thank you for having check me. us out on Instagram. We'll have uh, links for how to get to um, all of Rashari's things. Thanks again for hanging out with us. And we will be back next week with another episode of Chester Friday. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>